Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. I'm Missy Stevens, Mom and Dot 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 writer, foster child advocate, and this week, all the holiday prep all the time. And by the time this episode runs, though, it'll all be like in the rearview mirror and I, just a blip. But right now, that's all I'm about. But show off your holiday mug anyway. Oh, okay. I will show off my holiday mug. It's anyway. <laughs> very cute. <laughs> and I'm Suzanne Kearns, mom and dot, dot, dot writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And this week, well, it was supposed to be last week, but starting this week, officially a half marathon trainer. It's that time of year again. Time. So yes, wish me luck. And today we are so excited to have our third, third, right? Amalavita mm-hmm. coach on. Mm-hmm. And we also had the founder of Amalavita, Nicole Wood on too. And clearly we're big fans of the, <laughs> the whole organization. Yes. But today we are excited to talk to Kate Swamy. Kate's passion and life's purpose is helping people tap into their innate talents and coaching them to reach their full potential. With close to a decade leading global talent development programs at a Fortune 500 company, Kate has coached leaders from early career to executive leadership. Kate's coaching is rooted in positive psychology and strength-based leadership. Through partnering with her clients and holding them accountable, Kate helps to develop and enhance the servant leadership potential, which we're going to learn about in a minute here, that she believes exists within all of us. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. We are so glad you're here, and we touched on just the briefest bit of your bio just now in the intro, but we wondered if you could do a Kate 101 and talk a little bit more about where your career started and how it evolved to get to where you are now. Absolutely. I love this question, and I love the theme of this podcast around prepping for pivots, right? Because that is so much of my career journey. I'll give you a little bit of a background. I started my career in finance, actually, which is really just surprising and funny now looking back. It was very much that this is what I quote unquote should be doing because it was Mm -hmm. the safe path. (laughs) And I quickly figured out, I remember on my first day of my internship, I left crying because I was like, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) But I quickly figured out through having a little bit of experience in the field that it really didn't align to my strengths and my gifts and my passions. Right. And so A couple of years in, I made my first career pivot into HR, where I found my way into leading global talent development programs, which you heard in my bio. And really what I found through that is coaching, which is what I'm doing today. I loved the program management element of that job. I loved partnering with different leaders in the organization. I loved developing people, particularly early out of their career and and straight out of college, because I really needed that at the time, right? When I was feeling lost and what am I doing in this field that feels totally unnatural? And so I loved that. But then I became sort of an expert in that. And I got a little bit, not I wouldn't say bored, but I sort of mastered that and I needed something new. And at around the time that I started to feel that way, I got pregnant with my son. Yes. And so <laughs> I became a mother in February of 2020, which obviously was oh, wow. such an interesting 
should be oh my thrown into some first time oh, motherhood. Right? Gosh, you have a pandemic baby who like full pandemic baby. part of his life. It pandemic world. Yeah. 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 It was hard and good at the same time, which I think yep. a lot of life ends, right? Yeah. Um, yep. But I think through that journey, it really got me to this point of gosh, I've been, I've been feeling itching like I need to do something different. Mm -hmm. And through a whole slew of events, I ended up being fortunate enough because of the pandemic to leave my company with a pretty decent severance package. And I was able to then spend some time exploring what it was that, what, what was that fire? What was that passion within me? What was I curious about? What did I really want to do and what, you know, model was I going to inevitably have for my son of, you know, how we should relate to our careers. And mm -hmm. through what did a that lot exploration of like, look like for you? I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah, but I'm just no, really curious. Like, were I you journaling? It. No, were I you taking it. classes? Were you like, what were you doing? It's such a great question. And it's, I think, a lot of what we will get into today around how do you, how do you actually pivot your career in such a way? Right. It was a lot of conversations, honestly. I am a firm believer that I learn through conversation, through reading, through experimentation, right? Mm -hmm. So I... I thought that coaching was was the thing and I had my I had gotten my certification in coaching. Part of that exploration was I went and sought out a former colleague who had started her own coaching business and we did some coaching for coaching, right? So to kind yeah. of see what was it like to have your own business? What would it be like to build this? How could I start this? Then a fortuitous encounter brought me to uh, a colleague that I had worked with in my in my in my previous life, who was now at Amalavita, and that's how that connection became oh, okay. Came to came to fruition, but it was a lot of exploring. I will also be completely honest about this. There were a lot of no's before I got a yes, and mm -hmm. it was a lot of persistence and uh, imposter syndrome and <laughs> doubt, and so. Yeah, I think talking to people, exploring on my own and putting myself out there and, and practicing and accepting that failure is part of the journey, too, and learning from that. I really, really appreciate you saying that you got a, a lot of no's before you got a yes, mm -hmm. because I think I don't know what it is. But even after two years of doing this podcast, I think we still tend to feel like if it's not an immediate yes, like I'm completely on the wrong path and I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's a sign. I, yeah. I keep getting no's and I'm just, I'm an imposter and I'm crazy and what am I doing? And there's nothing wrong with the no's. Like we have to embrace the no's to get mm -hmm. to the yes. Yeah, absolutely. And if it was that easy, right? Like, would it be worth it in the end? <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> it makes, right. yes, it makes winning that much sweeter. And so, yeah, like you said, we're going to be talking about prepping for pivots, especially as as this is airing. It's going to be going into 2023, New Year, all those new changes, all those exciting things. But in your bio, it mentioned this servant leader. And at first when I read that, I was like, well, I don't know if we want to talk to her. That sounds a little weird. <laughs> but, but then as I actually, I did a little Google search. I was like, oh, this sounds really actually fascinating. Um, and I think it sounds like something that doesn't necessarily have to apply to 
being uh, at work. I'm sure people can work this into their daily lives. So can you talk a little bit about what a servant leader is and how that can be woven into your life or into your career? I love this question. I love that it came up through my bio. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. So simply put, servant leadership is a leadership style that puts serving others, whether that's your employees, customers, your community, as the number one priority. Now, I say that with a caveat that that does not mean that a servant leader does not take care of themselves because it can mm -hmm. sound very people-pleasing when <laughs> we lead with that description. Fundamentally, you know, I would also say that this idea of servant leadership starts with listening, right? And really leading from that place of listening and empathy. And it can sound like this sort of gentle approach to leadership, but servant leadership is not easy, right? Servant leaders have to be persuasive. They have to be strategic. They have to have the foresight to sometimes make those hard calls because what they are doing is in service of others, right? So what they say is the true test of servant leadership is are those who are most marginalized, are they lifted up as a result of the leadership, right? Mm -hmm. So in theory, this then becomes this sort of lifelong journey, right? Which, you know, obviously it, it's connection to, your, to yourself and to the world at large. And so it's a big one. There's a lot of complexity that goes into it. But what I love the most about it and why I believe so much about it is research shows that there is a positive correlation between servant leadership and employee engagement. So mm. it's not enough to say in organizations now that we just, and I think we've seen a lot of examples of this in the news as of late, right? That we just need to hire a bunch of people. We're going to burn out and just work, 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 right? It doesn't mm -hmm. work because they end up leaving, right? And so it's a big reason why people stay in organizations. And as a result, you know, organizations, community, and society as a whole are better off because of this type of leadership. Yeah, I think it's great to hear whether you are in management or I, as you were talking, I was thinking a lot about some of the volunteer work I do. And it changes everything to come at it from a viewpoint of listening instead of just this is the way it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's valuable everywhere you go. And it's just the intention that you put into things and how you approach it. Yeah, whether it is at work at home, wherever at you're home. volunteering. I think that mm -hmm. could work a lot at home. I need to remember that when people are driving me crazy. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think you bring up such a good point, too, that for a long time, I think people have thought that leadership is reserved for the people at the top, right? And it's like you can't mm. be a leader until you're the CEO or at some director level, right? And it's the truth is if you were to wait to lead until that point, you you know, you probably wouldn't be a very successful leader, right? And so anyone can be a servant leader. And, you know, it's, it really does boil down to listening, right? Like being, yeah. being that person who comes from a place of listening. And then honestly, like another part of it, which I would always talk to, especially when I was leading early career programs in my former life, is this ability to kind of roll your sleeves up and get, <laughs> get your hands dirty, right? Like that service the leaders that can say this task is not beneath me, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and I think just being able to really lean into that discomfort yeah. too. 
I'm picturing, for some reason, Jimmy Carter. I just saw a picture of him yeah. online yesterday and, you know, being a Habitat for Humanity. And he's like sawing the wood and nailing the things and whatever. And this idea that totally. someone who used to be a president, like how do people use their time when the limelight is not on them? Um, right. And the idea that I would think most former presidents, at least one of our most recent former presidents, you know, would want to be calling the shots and owning the things and doing all this stuff. Whereas right. he's like, no, I'm just down here sawing some wood with all the other volunteers. And so I, I think of him when I think of that. Yeah, he's a wonderful example of a servant's heart for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, when we're thinking about leadership and becoming a leader and building those skills, we've really found as we're talking to people this time of year, and then also the beginning of the school year kind of works for a lot of moms. But this time of year, people are really thinking about the changes they want to make, who they want to become, what they want to do. I personally tend to have this habit of like making a giant list and deciding I'm changing everything. And then of course I get overwhelmed because you can't change everything all at once. So do you have a method to kind of help people like me boil down what pivots do I really want to make? What pivots make sense and don't like not listen to the noise around all the other things? It's such a great question. And I think it's interesting that you say this time of year, but I think there's also been so many events that have led to this point too. We're, we're in an interesting time when it comes to this idea of career, right? True. So many jobs that didn't exist before exist today, right? Because mm -hmm. of technology and the internet. We also have, I think, a big population of people who are sort of fed up with the way our organizations have been structured. And we've seen, mm -hmm. you know, the um, the great resignation. We're also, you know, coming into a recession, already in a recession, whatever you want to call it, right? So there's, it's a lot, I think, and it can yeah. be really overwhelming having all of those greater collective dynamics at play and then saying like, okay, well, where do I fit into this? Yeah. And what I see a lot with my clients is this mindset trap of thinking versus doing, right? So what I mean by that is, thinking about all of those stressors and where do I start, right? And kind of starting to make that list, but feeling so overwhelmed that we don't take any action at all mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. the doing mindset, which would be just taking the first step, right? And so something that I always encourage as just a simple first step for people is to start giving yourself 15 minutes a day to explore, whether it's I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to have a 15-minute coffee date with someone in a field that I'm interested in. If I'm going to write, if I want to be a writer, I'm going to spend 15 minutes writing, right? And so just giving yourself that space to just start getting curious. And then mm -hmm. what is going to happen over time is those little threads are going to pull into different directions and you're going to have a clear understanding of what comes next. Again, I say, I say this with, you know, I'd love to say, let's make a big list and let's like kind of get going. What I found is people get really overwhelmed and to the point of your question, right? Where do we even start? Mm -hmm. Just give yourself that little bit of space, right? And I think it's really easy to make an excuse that I don't have 15 minutes. And my argument to that would be, yes, you do. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. Look yeah. at your phones. Your phones will get you a statistic on how much time you have. Just spend and just give yourself that <laughs> gift. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to yourself, right? Yes. 15 minutes Who a day. was it? 
Oh, it was Catherine Perlman we were talking to about phone usage. And I mean, you can go in there and see how much you use and then you can set limits. But if you yeah. really look at what you've done on your phone, <laughs> you have 15 minutes. You probably you have quite a bit have more than 15, 15 minutes. minutes. And I like this idea of just kind of exploring and experimenting. It reminds me of the lighthouse method that we talked about with yes. Stacy, as far as like, you don't have to have your end destination exactly in mind. It's just like, it can just be this light out there. You're like, I kind of get the general idea where it is and just start taking these little steps. And they might say, oh, you know, maybe that one didn't work. So we're going to turn a little bit this other direction. What a I beautiful just, thing just to go towards that. Just go. Don't go towards the light. The that sounds bad. Yeah, don't go towards the light. <laughs> go towards the lighthouse. <laughs> uh oh, I've made Missy have a coughing fit. I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, I really like that idea. And so now, if for people who maybe are like, okay, it's, I'm beyond just kind of a pivot and wanting to experiment, I've got one friend in particular, and this is not me, I'm very open about my job search and, and the fact that I'm still waiting to hear back, we'll see. It's not oh. a friend. No, it actually is a friend, <laughs> a friend. Um, who is, I mean, she's ready. She's ready to get this new job. And so she's considering this career change, but I could tell in talking to her that it was very much just uh i'm gonna just do something very similar to what i've been doing and i was like oh well have you taken the time to look at your core values i was being very like pseudo career coach <laughs> like yeah. i've spoken to career coaches let me regurgitate some things that i think i heard you're um, using everything we've learned in the last couple of years i know but i was like oh well you know taking a look at your core values blah 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 and but I think she's at the point where she doesn't have the luxury of a lot of time to like do a super self-reflection. So at least for this round, she's like, I just, I need to get this new job. So if for people who are considering career changes in the year ahead, if they're like that and they're like, okay, no, I just need to get a job in January, let's go. Or for the ones who are like, I want to use this year to be my year of reflection. What are a couple of ways that people can be thinking about um, moving forward? Yeah, I think the first step, and regardless of if you're the person who wants to move really quick with this or you're wanting to have it be your year goal, I think it's really to understand what is holding you back, right? Oftentimes it's our belief system about ourselves, about work, our imposter syndrome. Know those challenges. That's something that any career coach will ask you, what is the biggest thing holding you back right now? What is the biggest thing standing between you and that reality, right? So understanding what that is, and oftentimes it's ourself, okay? So I'd mm -hmm. say that, but then I think another piece of that reflection and maybe the, the step two would be understanding what your non-negotiables are. So what is important to you is your non-negotiable. I can tell you, and I think you both would both agree, what I needed at the age of 24 when it came to my work is different than what it is now as a 33-year-old mother in a post-pandemic world. I don't know if we can call it, but it's, you know, it's this different world now, right? Mm -hmm. So for many people, that may be financial stability. For others, it may be flexibility or having creative freedom, right? Know what those non-negotiables are. And then from there, making sure you're sticking to that list in your job search is going to be really critical. And then I think something tactical for the people that are like, I don't want to do all that simple reflection, Kay. Like, I just want to dive in. Focus on your core skills and strengths. So 
Mm. In my bio, I know I talked a lot about strengths-based leadership, right? People have several times more potential when they focus on what's right with them versus trying to fix all of their shortcomings, right? So Mm. think about what are those things that people come to you most often at work for or even in your life? Like those are generally your strengths because they're things that are effortless to you, right? And then your core skills are really like coming up with a list of skills that you have in your current job that then can be applied to either a similar job in a different industry or something completely different. I know you asked that question um, or you kind of talked to me earlier about transferable skills, Mm -hmm, right? So I'm a firm believer that no matter what, we can have all of these career pivots and they're not meaningless because of like our first job wasn't meaningless, right? Like those skills that we learned in that first life, whatever you want to call that, they apply in some way to our second lives or third lives or fourth lives, however many times we want to pivot into our career. But it's kind of taking that time to really understand, okay, what is that core set of skills that I had? And then really focusing on what am I an expert in, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and and being able to really name what those are. I hope that answers your question. Oh, that was perfect. That's so much better than what I told her. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of tangible things to do too. And I think, because I know that I've been here before, I've met with coaches or I've met with therapists and they're like, what are your skills? And you just think, oh no, I don't have any skills. Or if you want to make a pivot, you think, well, I don't have any skills that go towards what I want to do. And most of the time, that's not true. And if I wanted to become, say, a brain surgeon right now, I don't have a lot of transferable skills to that at this moment. But in general, most of the time in our pivots, we have things that carry over. And we sometimes just need someone to help us sit down and do an activity to get our brains thinking about it. Yeah, a lot of that imposter syndrome that you'd referred to earlier. Do you have any like favorite exercises or anything for if you have a really stubborn client who's who's maybe just like wanting to make that move and like you said identifies what that one thing is that's the barrier between them currently and where they want to get to but it's scary and they just they don't even know how to take that first step like are there some exercises for fighting through that uh, shutting down the the mean the mean voice in our heads Yes, there's a lot. I I think a really great example, though, of when I see the imposter syndrome come through is in the interview process, right? Ooh. And so I think using that as maybe an example in terms of like, how do I break through, I think can be a really good one. So oftentimes what I find is people go into these interviews, they're super intimidating And they forget the whole goal of the interview, right? That it is to have that person on the other side of the screen or the desk in the room with you. See if they can envision you working with them and vice versa, right? So I think that that can be a really calming technique when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready. I'm so scared. I can't go into this interview. Actually just take that pressure off of like, can I envision myself working with them? And the intention and the goal of this interview is to see if they can if we can work together, right? That mm-hmm. takes off the pressure of, I have to showcase all these technical skills that I may not have because I'm trying to pivot into this new field. No, like those technical skills 
you can probably learn them, right? Or mm -hmm. we'll get, I will get to some tools in order to kind of get over that little hump. But it's really, they're just trying to get to know you. And I think the other part about imposter syndrome and overcoming it, and it's a really hard truth, but a lot of times people think that you need to feel confident to act confident and you sometimes just have to go and then the confidence will follow. So this idea of like practicing, 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 doing mock interviews with friend or hiring a career coach, that can be a really great mechanism to facilitate and build that confidence muscle. Mm -hmm. And then I think this idea of like being calm too, going into the interview, breathwork is, I think, been such a buzzword as of late and mindfulness. But knowing those techniques there's a lot of research that says that if you just slow down and you count to 10 and you take a deep inhale and exhale and you count the number of times that you're breathing in and out and you do that, say, six times, it calms your nervous system, right? So going into that interview, that can be another great tool to help combat the imposter syndrome. I know I sort of answered that question in a roundabout way, in a roundabout way kind of with an applicable scenario but I think that it is so true that's where I see a lot of the imposter syndrome come up is I can get the interview yeah but then but getting then over what? that hump of what happens in the interview oh my gosh I wish we would have had this conversation a few weeks ago because I did have my <laughs> interview and you know what I'm really glad you brought up that part about rehearsing and going yeah. through some practice interviews because I, I wish I had done that. Again, I do not know whether or not I've got this and this is gonna air after I find out whether I got it or not. So I'm not trying to influence any decisions on anyone's part, but I think I went into it being like, I talk to people for, you know, we chat for an hour, at least once a week on video, I can handle a Zoom. Not that I was overconfident, I was still scared and nervous and, you know, definitely had some imposter yeah. syndrome going on. But yeah. as far as having a conversation with them and being able to engage over Zoom, I was like, oh, well, okay, I can, at least I got that part. I've been practicing that for a while. But the things that I talk about on a regular basis on the podcast are very different than the things you talk about in a job interview. And I right. definitely could tell that I did not feel as practiced. Like I should have practiced those words around that particular role as much as I, you know, have been practicing the things that we tend to talk about on the podcast. So that I think is such an important reminder, even if, even if you are talking the lingo every day, maybe you're interviewing for something that is in the similar role that you're already in. And especially if you are a relauncher or someone who's coming from, you know, just talking to a three-year-old all day long, it's going to be a lot different conversation different. than you're having with yeah. grownups. So practice it, get a coach, uh, an interview coach to work with. I think that's a really, really- I was really just thinking about that this week, which this will be embarrassing to admit, but as Suzanne knows, I've been re-watching The West Wing, like it's my job. I just <laughs> needed that comfort TV. And uh, when I was sick, I watched a lot of it. And now it's just like on while I'm doing Christmas decorations and whatever. It's just on. But in the show, they were prepping for debates and they were doing a lot of practice. And it made me think about that it's different. Like the president in the show, like he knows the answers to all of these questions. He knows his answers, mm -hmm. but he has to practice how he's going to say them in a debate to the public mm -hmm. who is going to react differently than, say, a policy advisor. 
Same thing. I know the answers to a lot of my questions, but how I'm going to say it to my husband is really different from how I'm going to say it to Suzanne or like the tone of a podcast is really different than the tone of an interview. And so that practice is so smart, yes. so smart. Good. And okay. I think also the way that you're talking to yourself leading into the interview or whatever the, the, the presentation or whatever the thing is, we're using interviews, but the, the example of the West Wing it brought me back to a former client that I had and she had a lot of presentation anxiety. And what we found was leading into when she was presenting the 10 minutes before, it was such a critical time for her where she was envisioning herself failing, right? Like mm. going into these big presentations and having the, the, the self-talk and the, the inner dialogue, the inner critic was so loud. I mean, you would never talk to a friend that way, right? Yeah, and so what right. we kind of, we played this mental game where going into the interview, I challenged her to, to talk to herself using a, a tool called Distance Self-Talk, which is based on Dr. Ethan Cross's book. Actually, that's one of my recommendations is the book Chatter. And it's this idea that when we talk to ourselves, instead of saying, I'm a failure, I, I could never get this job. I'm so nervous. Oh my gosh, my legs are shaking. And I, I have to, I have to leave. I can't be here. Instead of saying that kind of a language saying, Kate, you've got this. Kate, you're prepared for this podcast. You've studied it. You are an expert. Even if you fumble, you're going to be the only one who notices it. Right. So see how that kind of changes instead of saying, I'm a failure to you can do this. It, mm -hmm. it, it's a subtle shift in language. And then going into then the presentations for the example of my client by using that tool consistently every single time, I wouldn't say the imposter syndrome completely went away, but it was a way for her to calm her nervous system so she could go in and perform without shaking and feeling like she couldn't mm -hmm. fully be the incredible person that she is and facilitator mm -hmm. that she is, right? We've talked some about breathwork before on an episode. I think with Demetria. It I'm was sure we've talked you. about it before. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about doing an episode where we learn breath work and calming techniques. And I really think we need to do it. I think that yeah. needs to go on our list. It, I don't know. It might be kind of an odd format in a podcast. Maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> We're going to have a bunch of people getting super relaxed while they're driving. <laughs> yeah. Do not listen while you're driving. You cannot take, close your eyes <laughs> and take a deep breath. <laughs> but, oh. uh, yeah. We'll have to do it. Put a warning on it before we do it. But I think yeah. that those skills... We talked about it in that episode with Demetria, like you think you know how to breathe, but when you get anxious or the imposter syndrome starts to creep in, you don't know how to breathe. You don't know how to do anything anymore. Yeah. And it's important to learn techniques to just stop that. Okay. Yeah. So we already got my friend to her interview, but we need to go back a little bit because resumes and even like LinkedIn and stuff for people who are doing a big pivot. The thing that she ran into, she had a friend just, she thought she was just proofreading her resume for her. And she's like, oh, so you're looking for a job in education. And she, the and she was like, no, no, <laughs> like, because she works in a role in an education field, but 
wants to get out of that field, as I'm sure many listeners who are teachers and such or in education, at least in Austin, <laughs> um, <laughs> are making yeah. some serious pivots in their career choices. Um, so she's looking at making a change, but the resume is still reading as her former field, whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. If you're an accountant, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, whatever that was, instead of looking at those transferable skills and making them more generic is still reading really heavily the past job. So what are just some ways that people can think about, again, those transferable skills and making sure that they are filtering out some of the stuff that may make a reader not biased, but go a particular direction when they're trying to go another one direction? I'm very proud of you too for bringing up the idea of transferable skills. <laughs> uh, transferable skills, I think let's just start with that definition, right? They're all the skills that can take you from one job to another and aren't specific, say, those technical skills that are required for specific jobs. So, for example, the ability to communicate ideas to others, to solve unexpected problems, work well in a team, be adaptable to change. These are all examples that would make me very successful as a product manager versus an engineer, right? Like we have to be able to have these skills regardless of what field we're in. So mm -hmm. the technical skills will enable you to do a specific task where the transferable skills will enable you to do the job well. And I do really think it's important that people, again, kind of backing up to a few questions ago, think about what those skills are, because at the end of the day, like these are the skills that are highly prized by employers. If you think about it, like a say a programmer, for example, that is very technical, but can't work well with others and doesn't work well under pressure or deadlines is not as valuable as the coder who has that servant leadership approach, has that ability to be adaptable and flex when timelines shift, right? That's the employee that they're going to hire. So definitely, I think making a list of all of the skills that you have cultivated from your experience thus far, and then Honestly, like, I know that this is probably not the answer that you want, but if you Googled transferable skills, like key mm -hmm. transferable skills of 2022, you're going to find a list of what companies are looking for, right? And I would be willing to bet that many of us have a lot of those transferable skills. I hope mm -hmm. that answers your question. Yeah, that does. And I've, yeah. I would say just making sure not probably referring to that past career field. I mean, sifting through that resume with a fine tooth comb and making sure that, you know, it doesn't say law office or I did this with lawyers or I did this with doctors or I did this, whatever, just to keep it more generic and focus just on mm. the skill, skill, skills. Yeah. I mean, I think it, the other piece I would mention is as someone who is pivoting, you already have a very compelling story. So I do see this a lot where people on their resume will have some objective and it's like, yeah, I would say the example of someone who's trying to get out of education, their objective statement is that they're looking for a job in education. And it's like, wait, <laughs> are you wanting to pivot or are you wanting to do something the same, right? Because it's confusing. Right. And so really getting clear of like, what is it that you're looking at, right? Mm -hmm. um, what is it that you're looking for and, and who are you to and be really clear with that? I am someone who's in education, who has skills X, Y, and Z. I am looking to transfer into the corporate sector, into learning and development, right? Like that is a compelling job. I have skills 
within education that can then transfer into this, mm-hmm. into this field within a different industry. Okay. We're just going to copy paste that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, listen to that, send it to your friend. So we're even so close on time, but because it's new year's as this is running, it's yeah. new year's. We're not quite there yet as we're recording, but uh, I wanted to talk just one minute about new year's resolutions and see what you think about resolutions or do you prefer some sort of different approach as I'm not a big resolution person because um, typically I make them and break them. Mm -hmm. So do you have some advice on how to go about that and keep your resolutions slash goals past, say, January 7th? I love that you asked this question. And then I also love that you said I'm not a fan of them because I was going to say, what do you guys think, (laughs) right? What do you ladies think? Um, Look, I am, I think for some people they work for for most, they don't. I think with the research sense that 80% of New Year's resolutions are broken, right? So mm-hmm. I would say there's a couple of things. Make realistic lists, right? So make a list of like, what do you want to do more of? What do you want to do less of? You know, it, as a whole in life and like kind of start to make that list. And then you can start to achieve those things throughout the year, right? So maybe it's like, I would like to do more reading and less scrolling on my phone, right? That can be a really great goal and intention for the year, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think another option, I know you had Natalia, Coach Natalia on the podcast with yes. that episode. And it was so great. She talks about vision boarding, right? So you might want to make, say, a bucket list or a vision board of experiences that you want to have through the new year or specific goals that you have in your work and your personal life and your relationship with yourself. And then keeping that visible can be a really great reminder of what were the intentions that I had laid out for myself. Another thing might be instead of, and, and I tend to kind of do this, I would say, is instead of setting those yearly intentions, make monthly intentions mm-hmm. and monthly bucket lists that you want to do for yourself. So maybe it's like, March mindfulness, right? So I'm going to commit to 30 days of a mindfulness practice and give myself 10 minutes a day, right? There's that is a simple way to kind of break down the full year into kind of those bite sized chunks. And you could Mm -hmm. even do that on a daily level, right? Like you could have a daily gratitude journal or you could have a daily mantra that you say to yourself and you can share it with your family or Maybe it's an exercise where everyone, every kid can come up with a something that they want to work on for the day or whatever, right? Like kind of having it, breaking it down on that daily level, I think can also be really helpful for people too. So those are a couple of ideas. I don't know if that sparked anything for, it, for it either did. Of you. Oh, in fact, I... It did. I feel like maybe I look kind of glazy, but I was because I had all these things thinking I did the same thing. (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can think of some. And I do think that that makes it so much more attainable because I think we set all these goals and we fill them up on the first day of the year. And it's hard to focus and it's hard to keep that momentum going when you're trying to eat right and do less on your phone and do the reading Mm -hmm. and do the thing all at the exact same time. So taking it be like, you know, January, I'm just going to focus on the reading more books. I think I got that in me. And then like, if I get that, or if I don't get that, then, you know, February will try maybe the drinking more water. Although I just read a study that we're actually all drinking too much water. So I, I saw know. that same thing. <laughs> we just can't do anything right. Dang, right. You cannot win. But I was thinking while you were talking about, I made that 50 before 50 list, which oh, I yeah, mentioned yeah, in yeah. a recent episode. 
because I have just a little over a year. Well, at this point, yeah, just a little over a year by the time this episode airs until I turn 50. And so I made this list of 50 things that I want to think about or do or accomplish in the next year before I turn 50. And one thing is I've forgotten some of the things on the list already because it's not always visible. So I need to print it in a place where I see it every day because someone asked me the other day, what's on it? And I was like, uh, it's like our (laughs) core values. It's everything the most important to me. I just can't remember what they are. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I really value. Well, I value some stuff, but um, (laughs) it's just, it leaves your brain. And I love the idea of breaking it. So I have 50 things I want to accomplish in 12 months. I should probably break that down and look at like, I can't do them all in January and I don't want to save them all for the next January either. I want to spread it out. So maybe I need to look at it and break it up over my calendar year and Mm -hmm. use some Kara Harvey. I have an idea for you if you're open to a suggestion. Of course I am. You could put your 50 things in a jar. Like you could have like 50 little pieces of paper with the 50 things on there and maybe twice a month you could pick out one of those things and maybe I mean maybe some of these things are bigger like you couldn't do them today but right make your way through the list that way and then it could be maybe like a little surprise too right you've already set these intentions and I don't know it can be like a little gift to yourself to to make your way through the list I think that (laughs) is fun I think that would yeah it takes the anticipation and angst off of it yeah, not, I mean, I made this to be fun. I should not have any angst around it. It is fun, but <laughs> don't still, let it I'm be thinking, stressful. Yeah. yeah, like okay, well, I have twelve months. I got to do this. Like, instead, I'm. Are just you like, a Capricorn by chance? I am. Well, I think I'm right on the edge. I'm an Aquarius, but end of January, oh, Aquarius. Aquarius. Okay, Aquarius. Yeah. yeah. So, so I thought that sounded very Capricorn. Like I have to kind of like trickle off and like have it be, you know. No, Aquarius, you're intellectual. And I mean, it makes sense that you're in podcasting then. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. a lot about any of that. And people will ask me periodically or they'll when they find out, they're like, oh, yeah, it totally fits. And I'm like, does it? Why? So maybe we need to have a side conversation about that. Yeah. My son's an it. Aquarius, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It took us long enough to figure out our Enneagram. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Enneagram is so interesting. Too. It's so. Oh, yeah. We're both nines and we are shocked every week that we managed to pull together a show of any kind. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a lot week. of fun though. <laughs> it is a lot of fun instead of just taking naps. Oh, yeah. So yes, I think before, before we even wrap, I just, I do want to say, I think that I, I hope that that was helpful in terms of like, how do I set goals and kind of take my way through the year? The biggest thing that I want to say about that is Choose your goal and your intention, but also ask yourself why it's important to you. Am I wanting to lose 15 pounds because I want to look a certain way? Or am I wanting to lose 15 pounds because I want to feel a certain way, right? Whatever that thing is. And write down your goals, right? Like, be, you know, you don't need to have a bucket list of 50 things before 50. I think it's fantastic, right? But if it's two goals for the year, like, write them down, hold yourself accountable, be flexible, expect that failure is part of it, right? And then reward yourself when you have those successes. So that, that's that, those are just some kind of closing remarks about that that I think are hopefully helpful for the audience to hear. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're hope, yeah. helpful Amazing. for the host to hear too. I was going to say, <laughs> I don't know about them, but I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been taking notes, but I think this is going to be really helpful to a lot of people, especially this is an overwhelming time of year and it's overwhelming right. to feel like you know you want to do all these things and you want to be excited about it but 
you need to give yourself a little grace and a little time yes. and yes. a little space to do things on your own time because we're all about boundaries too. <laughs> give, yeah, I mean, habits also take a while to 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 stick, right? You have to mm -hmm. give yourself, I think, like, I mean, different studies say different things, but 21 to 30 days roughly to have a mm -hmm. habit stick and then six months for it to be part of your life. So it, don't expect results overnight. There's no yeah. quick fixes here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, know. I know. I'm sorry. Hard truth. <laughs> okay. Now, before we forget, what is the best way for listeners to get in touch with you? So I am one of those strange people who's not on social media. Oh, I do have so a LinkedIn good. account. Um, strange I smart. should be, but I should be based on the work that I do. But um, on Instagram, we are ALV coaching, but also you could email me directly. I'm Kate, C-A-I-T at ALVcoaching.com. And I will be taking on a couple new clients in the new year, but I'm fortunate that I have a really great book of business. Thanks to Nicole and Forum. But if you're, you're hoping to get in touch, that would be the best way or just ALVcoaching.com and connect with one of our relationship specialists, they'll be able to get you connected to me. And then the other thing I would say is we talked about servant leadership. We've also talked about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome in particular is something that's near and dear to my heart. And because of that, I have in support with Alma Vida launched a brand new course that we're selling right now called Quit Your Imposter Syndrome. So I would definitely go to the website and check that out. That's a way that you can get coaching without working maybe one-on-one -on -one with a coach, but really see if my style resonates with you and actually apply some of the tools that we've talked about today and many more that are in my toolbox that we haven't revealed yet uh, by signing up for that course. So it's called Quit Your Imposter Syndrome. And then I'm Kate at ALVcoaching.com. I may need that course. That, that sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds... I tell you, that's one of the reasons that we love Alma Luvido so much. I mean, they just have such a breadth of yeah. different coaches, different, the, the information that's available online, whether to purchase some of these courses or even some of the informational sessions that are for free. You mentioned the vision boarding mm -hmm. session, which we mm -hmm. did, and that's still available online, I believe. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so yeah, we'll link to all that in the show notes for everybody. But, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I can, I'll, I'll follow up with that too. So you can follow that. Great. All right. So we're going to do like a speed round of look, listen, learn. If you have time, do you have a few minutes to do it? Yeah. Okay. So if anybody's new here and hasn't been here, we're so glad you're listening today. And at the end of every episode, we do a few minutes of what we're reading, watching, buying, learning, whatever it might be. Sometimes they are really serious, heavy hitters, and sometimes it is lipstick. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> um, so we don't like to put our guest in the hot seat. So Suzanne is going first. What are you up to this week? Oh, let's see. I am looking at, and I don't have a ton to say about it yet, except for that I'm giving it another chance. The show Andor. I don't even know what it is. What is it? It's like a, it's a Star Wars. It's a Star Wars oh. thing. It's this whole new series. Okay. And as it's not, I've heard that it's not getting the credit it deserves. It's very beautiful. It, the cinematography and just like everything is gorgeous. And apparently the storyline is the most complex, compelling, amazing story okay. of any of the history of stories. But it just starts so slow. Like we could not, we couldn't get the kids to watch. I mean, we watched everything, Disney or not Disney, uh, Star Wars Star with Wars. the kids. And 
it, it just wasn't doing it. And so we decided, my husband came back and he's like, no, I've heard from everybody. You just got to get through episode three. <laughs> so okay. we just binged and we'd already watched one and two. And we were like, I don't even remember any of that. Um, so we did one, two, three, and they're right. It's it's worth sticking okay. through it if you're into that. And it just it's really just beautifully Maybe we'll do that over shot Christmas show. Day. But I'm also my look that I just it came in the mailbox. So I added that to my list. It's my better conversations with Kat Velos, who is a guest. I can't remember how many shows ago, just a few shows mm -hmm. ago, but I just love it. Every month I've got my little bonus. So excited. My alternatives my... to how are you is going to be January, which I just love. Oh, that's such a good one. Oh my yes. gosh. It's like, um, what's it? Oh, the one that she talked about what's in your tabs these days. I still think that is like semi-invasive, but just brilliant. Like, cause <laughs> I mean, if you really want to know what's going on in someone's life, it's what's on their tabs. Um, right. What's a nice thing you did for yourself lately? What's something you're looking forward to? But anyway, and then February, get closer to your friends and sweeties. So questions for people that you already know. It's just good. I'm so excited. And we're, this is the family calendar. So it's not just for me. We're putting that up. Everybody's going to yes. have that, that they're going to be looking Keep at. Keep it visible. <laughs> yes. Keep it visible. And I have a feeling these are sold out for this year already, but we will put a link in the show notes. If not, I know yeah. they go pretty quickly. So, um, let's see, that's just what I'm looking at. Listening Christmas music so much, except for the family is so sick of my Christmas music that they've tried to like mix it up. And by they, I mean, my husband, <laughs> he's, he's like, well, how about if we do like, a, you know, there's so many different nuanced Christmas mixes, yes. our holiday mixes out there. And I'm like, no, I want Bing Crosby and Nat King Cole and Johnny Mathis. I do not want like Gwen Stefani or Britney Spears singing. Like, no, I want the classics and I want them on repeat forever. And between- What about Mariah Carey? I will let her, there's a couple of the new ones that are like Wham, I let them do oh, the I love that one. So there are some that are like not from the 40s and 50s that I'll allow yeah. into the mix. <laughs> Um, but no, I just, I, uh, I don't know. The I don't want to hear I like Red Hot Chili Peppers on... sing Christmas songs or anything. I don't know what. Yeah. I think we were in the car on the way home from Thanksgiving and I'm like, let's mix it up. And I like pulled up a playlist, you know, on Spotify that was like modern Christmas hits. And the whole family was like, if you don't change it now, we are going to throw ourselves <laughs> from the car. Like, get out. This is not what we want. <laughs> I know. Yeah. They keep trying to switch it up on me. And I'm like, nope. No, we nope. want the glasses. No, nope. and my learn just because we are running late. I'm not then because I couldn't think of anything anyway. <laughs> Skip Sometimes and learn today. <laughs> what about you, Kate? So I have a couple of things that I want to leave the audience with. So two books. Uh, that book, Chatter, by Dr. Ethan Crows, that I alluded to earlier, I think would be one of the the great things to. Honestly, you could read it. It's a fantastic audio book too. It is nonfiction, but it. He's a fantastic writer and I highly recommend it, particularly because he gives some really great tools of how you can sort of tame your inner critic and tap into our inner coach, which I think is just such a powerful resource and it can be applied if you're pivoting or whatever you're facing in your life. Uh, the second book that I'm obsessed with is Effortless by Greg McGowan, which is he wrote a, the book Essentialism. I don't know if either of you read that. Mm -hmm. um, it's, but effortless is this idea that, you know, we live in this world where constant hard work and, you know, pressure is rewarded. But what if there was 
and more effortless approach to doing mm. things. Like, why do things have to feel so hard? What if they could feel a little bit more effortless? Right. And again, yes. he walks through some really great tools there. And then the a documentary that I just saw recently, which I, I really encourage everyone to see is it's Stutz. It's Jonah Hill's, uh, he interviews his psychologist and I just watched it this weekend. And it's from on my list connecting to, wait. you know, my own life. And then just the work that I do, I thought it was really beautifully done. And What's it called again? Yeah. Stutz, S-T-U-T-Z. And it's on Netflix. My whole page is filling up here. Okay. <laughs> I know. I can't remember who I heard. It was a podcast. I don't know what I was listening to, but they were talking about Stutz. And I immediately put it on my list, but I want to watch it with my husband. And so we've been waiting till we could watch something together, but maybe this weekend. Yeah. We'll see. Yes. Anything yeah, else or is that your list? That's my list. I mean, I've started, I, I do, I do do a lot of reading and I switch between like audiobooks and reading, reading. I just started Green Lights, which is Matthew McConaughey's oh, book yeah. and I'm pretty early on in it, but I'm enjoying it so far. So I would say I would recommend it, but I can't give a full recommendation <laughs> yeah. at this point. And then like the two of you, I'm listening to Christmas music, of course. Mm -hmm. And my son is John Lennon. So I've been putting on John Lennon's Christmas which oh. starts with like the war is over song. And then there's like, yeah. you know, some of the Paul McCartney, but then it goes into some of the older, that Nat King Cole and, yeah. you know, some of those other ones too. So yeah, that, those would be my recommendations. Awesome. All right, Missy, what do you look, listen, learning? All right. So super fast. I'm going to give an update. I don't know in the order the episodes are running, but I know this will be after I talked about three pines before oh, yes. I had watched it. And three pines is the show based on the books by Louise Penny. And, um, I watched two episodes. They're dropping them two at a time, which we're so spoiled. I'm like, drop them all. Uh, <laughs> I need to binge them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to watch TV if I can't just watch it all at once. Um, but so they dropped two and the verdict is still out. Oh, um, I think that it's missing some of the incredible heart of her books. Like the tone is weird. It's trying mm. to be really sort of like suspenseful and a little bit dark. And the she has heavy content in her books. She does not shy away from like current issues. And so it's not that it's just in the book, you really get a sense that all these people are so full of life and heart and passion. And I don't know that I've gotten that yet, but mm. I'm going to keep watching. I just, if you haven't read the books, I'm not sure if you watch those first two episodes, if you'd be like, yes, or if you'd be annoyed, I don't know. It's hard to say. Oh, so that's my I update. I wanted it to I will, be perfect for you. I wanted it to be perfect. And you know, <laughs> some of the people don't look anything like I imagine them at all. And that's frustrating, but I know that's, hard. I mean, I mean, it's my imagination. I cannot expect them to do everything according to my brain. They um, should know, Missy. They, they really. should know, right? <laughs> um, so in the town, the little village does not look anything like it looks in my mind and it oh. is so much cuter in my head than it is on the show <laughs> so, cuter than any place that exists apparently yeah yeah and then I was like what after all these books that's what you decided the village should look like like no oh, they so, have budgets yeah I will continue to um update as I watch the remake I think there's eight episodes so I've watched two so at some point in a future episode I will let everybody know what I think after watching more. It's going to become the Three Pines podcast. It is. It is. <laughs> um, so, and I have to not listen. So I'm not a huge football watcher. My husband and my sons love to watch. I have friends who are just fanatics. 
Um, but I do watch some college football and I usually follow my university and they've had a really, I went to TCU in Fort Worth. They've had an amazing year. Um, and they were playing the big 12 championship, which they lost in a heartbreaker, but I don't like to watch football on TV because, and I'm sorry to say this to the people who do this as a job, but I don't like the commentators. I don't like all the talky talk and they're just filling space. Yeah. Says a woman who has a podcast, but just, <laughs> just so much talking. <laughs> yeah. And I really hate at halftime, they're talk, talk, talking. And in the background, you can kind of see that there's a band performing. So what I decided that I have, I've invented it, but I don't know how to make it work. And I don't know who to tell about it. So I'm just telling the podcast. And if anybody's listening, let's do this. I want you to have like a choose your own adventure option when you're watching football. And you can either make the talking heads teeny tiny in the corner and the band big and watch it. So it's like a picture in picture, but yes. I want to see the band. The band works really hard and they do amazing things and I never get to see it. Or if you're my husband, you can have the talking heads really big and the band teeny tiny. So I, I don't want that. to listen. My not listen is I don't want to listen to what they're just talking. I don't know. It drives me crazy. <laughs> um, so, and my really quick learn is don't design your holiday cards when you're really sick. Oh, I no. didn't feel up to doing a Did lot. Did you leave out that. a kid? No, I just left out words. <laughs> so I put, <laughs> I'm dying. I can't wait for these to go out, actually. <laughs> so it has like the boy's picture and like a tiny picture, our family picture. The back is our dogs, of course. Uh -huh. And it has like the Stevens family 2022 in our names. Nowhere does it say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Oh, people and know what it is. I hope so, but not, I mean, nowhere. Else not a baby I'm not card sure I even yeah. really like the card in hindsight, you know, like I designed it in a fever dream and I'm not sure I really <laughs> like it, but whatever. <laughs> My other learn though is, well, don't design it while you feel bad. Do pay whatever they want you to pay to have them mail it. Like I got my address list together yes. and the company is mailing the card because I may or may not have a box of holiday cards behind me from a past year that never were mailed out. Oh, um, so yes. it's, I took it off my list. I, there's one thing I could do and like I could go buy the stamps or they can buy stamps and my cards have been mailed. Like, yes. And I mailed a lot fewer this year as well. I'm like, it's just paired on the list. I need that. Keep it reasonable. For everything. I literally had one of my daughter's birthday parties where we handed out the thank you cards from the previous year because <laughs> I just, they had been sitting there for the full year. And I was like, this is the only time I'm going to see you. And it's like, this thanks last year. Consider this thanks for this year. Because Why I can't is it even... so hard to mail things? That is the, like, maybe I should put that on my 50 before 50 list. Learn to mail Learn things. To it is mail so things. hard. Yes. <laughs> Why we're all for saving time. So if, that, if that's what you need to spend money on to save your time and give yes. yourself back that gift, exactly. I'm here for it. Exactly. Yeah, it's the best thing I've done for myself for Christmas, for sure. Oh my gosh. I love that. Good. Because oh. I haven't even started designing the cards. I may or may not. You know what I like to do whenever I don't do my cards? I'm like, oh, in honor of giving for the holidays, instead of the cost of cards, we're going to give this money to a food bank. And so I like, I like good okay. Samaritan myself out of feeling guilty for not sending cards. 
by just donating money. But I mean, seriously, I could donate the money and still do the cards, y'all. It's not like <laughs> this is a A or B decision. It's like clearly I forgot to do A, so I'm gonna do B just so I can make myself feel better about not getting y'all cards. I always so. manage to order them. I just very regularly don't manage to send them <sighs> a waste. There's just so much. I think I'm just gonna tie it. Maybe holiday card graduation announcement. There you go. <laughs> can I do that for Zoe? <laughs> Is Anna Missy? I don't send them. Am I a bad person? No, no. you're not. You're I an amazing feel, person. I feel like, but I do feel like once you have kids, people want to see those. They do but want to see them. Sometimes I'm also like, boy. maybe I'm saving them from the house that they get recycled in. I don't know. Maybe I in know. a couple of years, I'll rethink it. And I do, I love getting people's cards. I do too, actually. But yeah. then yeah, I look at them and I like soak in the joy and like, oh, look how cute, whatever. And then they do my, like my mom used to have a cute little basket. I need a basket's what I need. She used yeah. to have a cute basket where it was easy to just kind of like flip through them really. You know, mm -hmm. if you're like, oh, and you know, and she regularly yeah. would. It wasn't like they just sat in this pile like mine do, where she could just kind of have the enjoyment the whole month long, you know, looking at them. I used to try to hang them on the wall that's what I do is um, hang them on so like I could actually see them all. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. I need to find a better way to actually enjoy them besides just have a stack of them because they do. They bring me happiness to see them, but yeah. it's not bring me happiness to. No, I love seeing male minds and I hate <laughs> doing them. <laughs> I do like just do I, what I do now. I'm so bad. I'll use like the cute little Canva thing. And so I'll make a card. I print out one for us because I have like a continuing thing like from oh the yeah day that zoe was born like all these cards are holiday recap cards um so i'll print that one out and then i just put it up on social media for the people i do like a friends like actual people i know filters because i don't like to show the kids pictures on social media yeah. so i that has how i have gotten around it the past few years although i think we met I think we did cards last year because we had cute photos. We did family photos. So who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I just, can you tell that I don't want to go down and blow the leaves? So I'm just going to make you guys talk to me for the rest of the day. <laughs> I, I got to jump off. But um, it yeah, was the leaves so nice to awful. meet you both. Ew, Thank you nice to meet so you much too. for this opportunity. You oh. two are just pure sunshine. I have oh, to say it's been such you. a pleasure and if the conversation around breath work is inspiring or at mindfulness, I'd be happy to have that conversation with you. I also have another great coach if you want to consider, you know, pulling on the amazing Amalavita community anymore. Please let me know and I'll send you over those resources that I shared as well. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah, I, I think you. that's that's our goal for 2023 is just to go check all the Amalavita coaches off the list. I love it. We're we here could just for fill it. an entire year with I know we content. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank well, thank you, you so, so much. much. It's so nice thank to meet you. Take care. Have right. a good Bye. day. Bye, y'all. You thank you so much for joining us for the Mom and the Dot 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 podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group 
all of our socials and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.